Welcome, welcome to the Grind Culture Detox Podcast. In this podcast series, we discuss everything related to recovering from this topic of grind culture and workplace stress and how to reclaim ourselves into a sense of thriving at work and beyond through healing-centered practices such as sound healing, breathing activities, yoga, and anything else that we can utilize in our toolkit to support us with thriving at work. I am your host, Heather Archer, author of The Grind Culture Detox, a book that is available on pre-sale now and will be available to the public on June 14th, 2022. The full title of the book is called The Grind Culture Detox, Heal Yourself from the Poisonous Intersection of Racism, Capitalism, and the Need to Produce. And I'm so happy to bring this podcast back. I will say we took a pause for quite some time because I'm going to be honest, y'all, I was on my own grind culture detox and definitely wanted to make sure that when I did record that I was coming from a space of authenticity and that meant making sure that I was checking in with myself and getting the proper rest and restoration that I needed in order to ensure that I can practice what I preach as much as I possibly can. So thank you all for being patient during this uh, several month interlude where I just took some time to really just do some self-discovery, hang out with my family and kind of do some navel gazing. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to lie. I mean, there's, there's a lot of work that I've been, that I've been doing as well. It hasn't been all navel gazing and a lot of it has been navel gazing and also sitting with myself and, you know, empowering myself to know that that's okay as well. And so for the folks who are tuning in for the first time, I wanted to check in with y'all and just provide a definition of what grind culture is. If you're tuning in and you're like, well, what the heck is grind culture? Grind culture is a system fueled by addictive achievement caused by a capitalist economy. It's something that measures a person's overall worth and value based upon how much they can produce. And I kind of stumbled upon the term grind culture. Now we're, now we're going on like four years ago. And I owe a lot of that to Trisha Hearsey from the NAP Ministry, who also has a book coming up, um, out. Um, called Rest as as Resistance, a manifesto in October 2022. And I'm so excited to tap in with that book. And um, the opening of my book is um, actually opens with a quote from Trisha Hearsey, um, which really kind of catapulted me on a journey of unpacking what grind culture looks like in our work work lives and how it translates into our personal lives. So I'm really excited to see that more and more people are actually open to discussing grind culture and its impact on our lives. I feel like for so long, we've been in a place of, well, that's just the way of the world. That's just the way things are, you know? Um, and I feel like now the tide is turning and we're willing to actually stand up and say that we are worth more than what we can produce. So I'm so happy 
that this time has come and that we're living in this time. I know a lot is happening in the world and a lot of times it can seem really scary and daunting. And we live in such a fast paced society where we're constantly having all of this information bombarded at us literally 24 seven if we're tuned in and it's disrupting our sleep patterns. And a lot of times it's really interrupting our dream space and our capacity to really tune in with the sacred sound of silence and the sacred sound of our soul. And so I'm so happy to cultivate this place of rest with you. And so if you're tuning into this podcast, I pray that you are doing so in a relaxed state. So I'm recording this podcast from my beanbag chair. You know, I just got out of a bath. Um, just had a, a, a glass of red wine and I'm feeling pretty good, you know? And so I hope that when you tune into this podcast, that you do so from a space of self-care and wellness. And if that's not, if you're driving to, that might mean taking an extra breath, right? Mindfully breathing, making sure that your breathing is a little slower than it began. Wherever you're at, just know that this place that we are cultivating is a safe space to rest. It's a safe space to unwind. And with that, I wanted to introduce what our topic of discussion is today. I really wanted to check in with y'all and just um, really unpack an issue that really led me on my own grind culture detox journey. When I work with clients and when I do workshops, this issue comes up a lot. So much so that it's kind of rare that folks are not encountering this issue at this time. And the issue that I'm speaking of is anxiety, right? And specifically workplace anxiety. Um, And just that constant nagging feeling that a lot of folks are feeling of like, something's not right. I don't feel safe in my body. I don't feel safe to rest. I don't feel safe to be still. And I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about some of the causes and conditions for that. And, and more importantly, how can we begin to reclaim ourselves and heal from anxiety? And so I wanted to first start off with a little bit around my story. So for most of my adult life, I have experienced what I would call like high functioning anxiety, just these moments of not fully understanding why, but just not feeling comfortable and safe within my body, feeling like something bad was gonna happen at any moment, feeling this sense of impending doom. And what I did to cope with that for so many years of my life was I poured myself into my work even more, right? So that I wouldn't have to sit with myself. And with that, that just caused a lot more trauma and a lot more pain and it delayed my pathway to healing. And it wasn't until I confronted that fear of stillness, that fear of silence, that I was able to really start to forge a pathway that prioritized my own wellness and well-being at work and beyond. And so I'm wondering if folks are feeling this, if you're, if you're in a state of feeling anxious, please know that you are not alone. And also know that stress and anxiety in our society and particularly at work is pretty common. So quoting US News, overall 83% of workers in the US suffer from stress related to their work. 
And this is according to the American Institute of Stress. So this is a very prevalent issue. The thing about it is that anxiety and stress is actually not normal. It's normal in our society, but it really shouldn't be. It's actually a sign that something is fundamentally off with the way in which we are engaging with our work and with our bodies on a daily basis. So I wanna actually provide a couple of more stats for y'all to just kind of center in on this picture of workplace stress and anxiety. So about 1 million US workers miss work each day because of stress. And stress related to work causes 120,000 deaths in the US annually. Um, this also is taking a toll on our he healthcare system. So we have um, $190 billion in healthcare costs related, um, costs on a yearly basis as a result of stress and anxiety at work. Um, and then also businesses in the US are losing up to $300 billion annually because of workplace stress. So when we think about this whole great resignation that we're still very much going through right now in our society, the main reason folks are leaving, you would think it would be pay. And that's not to say that pay doesn't have anything to do with stress and anxiety because in the capitalist society that we live in, our economic status is very much interlinked and interwoven with stress and anxiety. However, the main causes that folks are leaving is actually not as much related to the pay as the ex expressed main reason. It's more around a feeling of disempowerment at work and feeling like their capacities are being stretched to the limit. And I know for me, I had to leave the nine to five corporate world for the very same reason. It, it, the paid started to not actually matter. Um, when I left my, 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 my position that I was at, when I was in the nine to five realm, I was actually making more than I had ever made before. And it wasn't worth it because at the end of the day, my eating pat patterns were screwed. My sleeping patterns were screwed. I uh, just didn't feel well. Um, it's actually interesting because I've, I've had a chance to, um, you know, I have a lot of Zoom recordings saved on my computer desktop. And I've been slowly starting to clear out my computer desktop and just, you know, my hard drive, getting rid of stuff that I don't need and cleansing and purging my, uh, my, my electronics. And I've been deleting Zoom meetings that I don't need anymore. And I've had a chance to look at a couple of the Zoom meetings that I was in when I was in that, you know, nine to five grind. And wow, must I, I, I could see the stress and the anxiety on my face, in my aura. And I was like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, it's all over my body. It is all over my body. And so it was a humbling moment for me. Um, my, I lived my life very differently than uh, the way I lived it previously. And I'm not making as much money. I'm just gonna put that all out there. Um, this isn't about the money, this journey of the grind culture detox. As somebody who's very goal and achievement oriented, I had to let that go. And I, I had to start doing a cost benefit analysis upon what really and truly mattered to my heart and my spirit. And also how was I able to show up for myself and for my family? 
and the relationship that I have with myself and the relationship that I have with my family, there's just no question um, that it was worth it and that it continues to be worth it. And so, um, you know, I'm just thinking about today, like today I'm recording this on a Tuesday and the fact that I was able to spend today at the beach boardwalk, you know, and I was still, you know, answering emails here and there and getting a little bit of work done here and there, but the freedom of mobility and the freedom to also hang out with my little one and to do some free play and to do some journaling and to take in the sun's rays, um, it felt like an answered prayer because um, there were times where I would have loved to have done that um, within the system of grind culture that I was in previously within my, my old career. And yet it, it would have seemed absolutely impossible to free up a Tuesday in order to do this. Um, and when I got out of that particular work paradigm, I spent a lot of time feeling guilty for having free time or feeling guilty for being outside. And I had to do a lot of retraining with my mind and um, I had to do a lot of self-nurturing. I had to go to therapy. I had to really enhance my yoga and meditation practice to really be okay with um, being able to sit with myself and to embody this concept that I am not only um, learning about for myself, but learning about with my clients and my current coaching community called work-life liberation. This concept of work-life liberation in which you have sovereignty over your time, over your body, and that doesn't mean that you're not working, but it definitely revolutionizes the way in which you're able to work. So in a nutshell, work-life liberation is a way of working that protects the sovereignty of your time, promotes healthy boundaries, and advocates for a culture of wellness at work. And so I've been able to produce a lot of amazing things over the past few months. And more, moreover than just production, I've been in a space of creation. And I've been able to undergo a process of embodying the change that I am seeking for the world and seeking for the clients that I work with as well. Doing anything less would be fraudulent. And um, because I've had such a, a nuanced relationship with workaholism for most of my adult life, it's really important that I embody the practices that I espouse to the community um, it, it requires a certain level of self-analysis. It requires, as Trisha Hersey um, says, laying your ass down sometimes. Um, so I'm really happy to and proud of, the, of my rest practice, which is basically taking a nap every day. You know, all members of our household engage in naps basically every day. Now, not every, every single day, but I'd say five out of seven days a week is fucking nap time, y'all, okay? Um, and with that, finding ways to care for my body as well through salt baths, taking regular salt, salt baths. If I'm not able to take a full on salt bath within the day, then I take a spa shower, right? I get fancy in the shower where it's not just a regular old shower where I'm scrubbing myself down and, you know, not really being mindful of this 
cleansing practice, but I'm putting essential oils in. I got my little salt scrub happening as well. Um, when I get out of the shower, I'm, you know, lathering myself up in a, in a, a body oil that I've created infused with essential oils, infused with intention, because I'm treating my body as my temple. And this is a, this is a game change for me. Um, and my body has been responding so well to it. My nervous system has been responding so well to it. And um, if I were to look back even, I don't know, like a year ago, I would have never believed that this could even be possible. Um, and yet it is, and yet I'm doing it, and yet I'm thriving, you know? And so um, it's definitely required me shifting priorities around what matters. So I even wanna talk about pay because a lot of times we, you know, when we engage in this grind culture detox, it can be really scary because it, it, it could mean immediately folks think about losing financial security with it. And I'm not even gonna lie, it's a real, real thing, okay? It's a real thing. And yet um, my relationship with money has shifted. When I um, was working so such long hours every single day, back-to-back -back meetings, I was not able to be as mindful with my financial choices because I was really existing within this survival flight or fight mode consistently. And so I was ordering way more Uber Eats, right? Um, and I was leasing out a lot of the tasks that I'm able to do now to other people because I literally did not have the time or the presence of energy or of mind, body, and spirit to provide to these tasks. And that costed a lot more money, you know? I've reclaimed that back. I've reclaimed a lot of time back, um, even like with my with the way in which I clean the house. I clean my house, my home with a lot more intentionality these days. I pour a lot more love into my home. You know, the love that I pour into my home is a part of my spiritual practice. Um, and it's a it's something that actually empowers me and fuels me. And um, it's something that I'm so grateful for. Um, the power and intentionality that I'm able to provide to preparing my own meals, preparing my own coffee these days it matters. Um, so that's just something I wanted to kind of start off with. And a lot of that, like a lot of my day-to-day -day practices have helped me to take on a different relationship with stress and anxiety. So I'm not here to say that I never get stressed out or I never get anxious. That's just not a thing. <laughs> You know, either that like stress and anxiety is going to come. However, the way in which I greet these emotions is a lot different. Instead of fighting them, I, I spend more time observing these emotions as they come. And if I find myself in an anxious state, then I take that time to tap out over whatever I'm doing. So I'll give you an example. I have, I'm starting at the end of last year in 2021. I committed to engaging in a practice where basically at the end of each season that I take a time for a social media detox, um, 21 days um, or about three weeks of a social media detox. And as a content creator, as somebody who produces a lot of content for folks, whether it's through uh, posts on Instagram, YouTube videos, 
podcast episodes, um, et cetera, et cetera, that can be a very draining, right? Um, and there's something that psychologically happens to you when you're constantly producing content for folks, right? Like how often then do you have space for reflection? Or if I'm constantly scrolling on these social media apps where I, ha where I have built community on, a certain thing starts happening where I start feeling a sense like my energy is being drained, you know? Um, where's my space for dreaming? Where's my space for contemplation? Where's my space for wonder if I'm constantly glued to my phone? And so I made a commitment to start doing a social media detox where I'm not producing content um, for about three weeks at a time. And so I started um, the first time I started at the end of the year in December and was able to do a 21 day social media detox and I found some interesting things started happening. I started to be able to journal more. My creativity boosted. I was able to go deeper into my body-based practices. I was able to finish my yoga teacher certification, which was an extreme uphill battle for me for so long, for some reason. Um, I realized it had to do with my own forms of imposter syndrome feeling like I didn't deserve to be a yoga instructor, instructor that it, um, and, and I think that comes back to a lot of the trauma that I experienced in all white yoga classes where I never felt enough in those classes. I never felt like my body was doing what the other white bodies were doing in the room. And so that made me feel less than, and I felt as though um, that made me feel less than a yogi. And so I was having to deal with a lot of those past traumas. Um, but, you know, when I was able to sit my ass down and log off, um, I was able to process through those emotions and really pour my energy into other practices. And yoga was one of them. Returning back to my body was one of them. So that was my first time doing a social media detox um, for such an extended amount of time for I don't know, about a good two years. And I'm not even going to lie. It was very difficult. There were, I experienced periods of withdrawal. I experienced kind of uh, moments of panic where I felt like, oh my God, I got to get back online. What's everybody doing? And so that happened for like the first week. And then after I was able to kind of push past those initial addictive tendencies, I felt this amazing sense of freedom liberation. I was able to read more books. Um, I love uh, listening to audiobooks and just learn about topics that I had been kind of planning on wanting to learn about, but never got around to. And so it was really cool to pour into myself in a different way. And then also my connections with my friends and family deepened in a lot of ways during that time too, because I just had a lot more uninterrupted space to have those long phone calls, you know, because I didn't have to worry about putting up a post, right? Um, or being accountable to others via email. That's another thing that I was able to do in December was be un completely unresponsive to email. And so that was really cool. And, you know, I came back to being a content creator at the beginning of January, 2022. And felt so much more energy, felt so much more inspired, and then found myself back immersed in this system of grind culture, this, 
this feeling that I constantly needed to produce and that I had to have something valuable to say, something insightful to say. And, you know, I was also engaged in, you know, working with my coaching clients and doing professional development trainings and got to a point where I was caught up again and was afraid though. I was afraid to do that social media detox in the spring. I was really afraid and I didn't know if it was possible. And I was actually able to work it out with the coaching community that I lead, um, the work-life liberation coaching community. And, you know, humble plug, if you're interested in unpacking grind culture with a group of dedicated folks who are really seeking to envision a new way of living and working, consider tapping into the work-life liberation community. It is an affordable coaching community. Um, it's a group coaching community, a mixture of bi-weekly conference calls where we do coaching calls as well as independent care assignments, self-assessments, guided hypnosis, guided meditations, and a lot more where we're able to envision and dream of what work-life liberation can look like in each of our lives. And specifically have a group of folks that hold us accountable and that hold us in love and care during that process. So if that's something that you're seeking or that you're looking for, we got you, link in bio if you're curious. And um, as somebody who has created this community, that doesn't mean that I'm this grand leader, right? Who has all the answers and who has things figured out. Um, I actually brought this issue to my coaching community of like, I made this commitment to myself to do this social media detox quarter, quarterly, and I'm having a hard time actually putting that into motion this time around, feeling like, oh, I can't, I can't detach. There's this going on, there's that going on. I got the book coming out. I gotta keep promoting. I, I gotta keep doing, doing, doing. And yet I had to honor those feelings. I had to honor that fear and I had to tap out anyway. Um, and it was really helpful to do that in community. So um, this time around though, I'm gonna be honest, I wasn't able to do the, the full 21 days. Um, when I was able to do the count, it was 19 days <laughs> that I was able to be off. And so the goal is progress, not perfection. Like you set goals for yourself and you're not always gonna reach the pinnacle of what you set sometimes, but you still create a container for yourself and you still create pockets of wellness and rest for yourself. And let me tell you, um, I wasn't able to be off an of email this time, but once again, the, the feeling of liberation that I felt, you know, after I experienced the initial withdrawal symptoms, and let me share with you too, the withdrawal symptoms decreased this time around. They didn't last as long as they did when I did my first social media detox. Um, so that was really interesting to see too. And so I think of this whole workplace wellness process, similarly to going to the gym, right? Like when you're toning up your body, first time you go to the gym, the first couple times, right? Your muscles are all sore, achy, you feel kind of uh, right? And then slowly but surely those muscles begin to build and you, you, you gain more strength. And I think the same thing can be said for this grind culture detox process. It's gonna be scary in the beginning. It's gonna be harder in the beginning. And with time it gets easier. And then that's when the pathway to liberation starts to be forged. 
And so um, I'm now back from that, um, from that detox. And during that time, was able to really take inventory and stock of the projects that mattered to me. And one of those was this podcast and just being able to pour a little bit more love and TLC into it. Um, so I just definitely want for anybody who's suffering from workplace stress or anxiety, please understand that you are not alone. You are not alone. You are not broken. You are not defective. A lot of times I work with folks who feel broken or defective for not being able to produce as much as they want to. But please understand that in our society that we currently have set up right now, it's an uphill battle and the goal is for you to not win. The goal is for your energy to be drained. The goal is for your humanity be, to be taken away. And so there's never gonna be enough that you can produce. There's always gonna be more to do right more to strive for and so at some point you must you must set that boundary and say that enough is enough and you know what i didn't get my whole to-do list done today and that's okay we're gonna we're gonna try again tomorrow right i'm still gonna take this nap i'm still gonna take this bath i'm still gonna close my eyes for five minutes you know and breathe um so not everybody's wellness journey is gonna look different but I will say without, you know, 100% without a shadow of a doubt, you have to set the boundary for yourself. You have to decide that you are worth care, value, and attention. No one is going to carve that time out for you. And so at this time, I wanted to share a little bit about some of the tools that I've been using to help reclaim myself from workplace stress and anxiety. And the first thing that I want to talk about is kind of one of my first loves. So sound healing is an ancient practice of using sound and vibration as a way to heal. And so we're all innately sound healers, actually. You don't need a singing bowl to be a sound healer. You can literally heal with the, the hum of, you know, with the vibration of your own voice. Sound is innate in us all. Uh, we use sound for expression, celebration, ceremony, leisure, and healing. And so sound healing is used in all aspects of medicine and spiritual growth and is necessary for emotional and psychological well-being. And so um, one thing that's really helped me to initiate my own grind culture detox process has been healing through sound and vibration. And so at this time, I wanted to take a moment to do that with y'all today. And so wherever you're situated, whether you're in the car, whether you're in the bed, whether you're on the couch, whether you're doing the dishes or the laundry, whatever, wherever you're at right now, take a moment to be still. Take these next two minutes. You can give two minutes to yourself, to your mind. And let's do a sound journey together.
And so take this time to find your breath and slow it down. And I have a simple exercise for you, something you can take with you after this podcast episode is over. It's called the 444 breath, and it's really quite simple. And what you're going to do is you're going to breathe in through your nose for the count of four. And you're going to hold your breath for the count of four. And then you're going to breathe out of your nose for the count of four. And we're going to do that for a total of four times. Breathing in for the count of four. Holding for the count of four. And breathing out of our nose for the count of four. And I'm actually going to turn it up a notch and we're going to actually play a little bit of some nature sounds in the background. Maintaining that four, four, four breath. We're going to do that for two more times. Awesome. And so if you actually want to turn it up a notch, if you want to turn up your sound healing practice and, you know, go outside of the singing bowl. So you can always tap in with YouTube. They have some really great sound healings on YouTube and you can always follow me at thriving underscore with underscore Heather on YouTube or Instagram. And I love to offer sound healings to the community. If you ever just kind of need somebody to tap in with and meditate with, I got you. I'm here for you. And there's so many other wonderful artists and creators out there that are healing through the power of sound. And so um, all it takes is logging on, right? Uh, Logging on to YouTube, logging on to Instagram and typing in sound bath, sound healing. And you don't have to do this practice alone because sometimes I do understand that being still and being mindful is not as easy as people make it sound. A lot of intrusive thoughts can come out um, and come and arise during the process of getting still and being mindful. So I just want to honor and acknowledge that. And I also want to say that as somebody who has suffered from high functioning stress and anxiety for most of my life, somebody who even like three years ago, didn't feel safe being still, didn't feel safe meditating. I can say that if I can do it, then you can do it too. It is possible. And just like going to the gym, just like working out any muscle, your first time is not gonna be the same as your 50th time, but you gotta start with where you're at. But if you wanna turn it up a notch, if you wanna turn up your mindfulness practice with sound up just a notch, I'm going to offer another suggestion, which is healing through the vibration of your voice and a really, really great sound technique or mantra to do to tune in to sacred stillness and sound is the ohm vibration. And so we've seen it, right? We've seen it enough in a movie at least or a TV show where we see a yogi or some kind of yoga practitioner leading folks in the ohm vibration and yet 
when you tap in and when you do OM, it's really actually hard to not feel a sense of calm through that process. And that, that vibration that you're actually practicing when you're saying that word and when you're saying that sacred sound, it does something to alleviate some of that stress and anxiety that you might be feeling when you slow down. And so for this moment, I just kind of want to practice the sound of OM. I'm going to do it. And so if you could, you know, you can either follow along or listen in to this sound and see how it feels within your body. OM. And so if you'd like to continue practicing that OM vibration, I'm going to hit the singing bowl one more time. And I invite you to either say OM or to think OM in your head as you hear the next sound. And I want you to see the difference. If there's a, a different stillness or a different calm that you experience when you say or feel into the OM vibration with the singing bowl. So they say that OM is part of the fabric that created our universe, that it was the first sound uttered that created the whole Big Bang. And so there's some power, there's some mystical lessons in sound. There's a reason why, like one of my teachers said, if meditation is like taking the stairs then sound healing is like taking the elevator to mindfulness. There's a reason for that. Some things can't be expressed with words. We have to go back to the sacred sound. So that's my first recommendation. If you find yourself really struggling with anxiety at work, bring sound healing into your daily work practice and no one has to know, right? Like you can just put your headphones on for five minutes in between a meeting or during your lunchtime and tuning into the sacred sounds, regulating your nervous system, reclaiming your sacredness, right? Like, um, or you could take it a step further. You could start integrating sound healing and listening to binaural beats right before bed or maybe during a, a meditation that you're able to carve out for yourself during your lunch break or after work or on your way back from work. Maybe you take the train, right? And maybe you spend some time on that train or on that bus listening to binaural beats or, or singing bowls. 
um, you know, pause the podcast and really tune in to some sacred sounds to kind of as a way to cleanse your your nervous system and to cleanse your mind from any of the stresses that you held during the day. So that's my first recommendation is healing with the vibration of sound. Now, my second recommendation is to begin the process of retraining your subconscious mind. This is a long, this is a long journey. I'm not going to lie. Takes a lot. Um, I'm in the process. I've come a long way over the past few years, but my journey is far from over. Um, I am happy to have the skill set of being a certified hypnotherapy practitioner. I bring this practice into the work that I do with clients and within my my sound healing ceremonies basically every time. There's this mystical relationship that sound healing and hypnotherapy share because sound can really open the gateways to having a conversation with your subconscious mind. You have to really understand that our subconscious mind makes up about 90% of our brains. Our conscious mind makes up 10% of our brains. Now, in our education system, and a lot of the work that we do on a day-to-day basis, the tasks that we undertake on a day-to-day basis, we're focusing in on that 10% located in our conscious mind. But what about the 90%? There is a reservoir of gifts and information that lie dormant there. And if we don't have full control or at least begin to reclaim control over our subconscious mind, our subconscious minds will still work um, in very interesting and mysterious ways, not always to our benefit, but if we can reclaim the sovereignty within our subconscious mind, and if we can start like retraining our brains through positive affirmations, through hypnotherapy, then um, it really can help us to reclaim ourselves from grind culture at work. So um, I'm actually going to be doing a part two to this podcast where I focus solely in on uh, doing a hypnosis for folks regarding reclaiming ourselves from workplace stress and anxiety. So stay tuned for that. Um, If you're really interested in learning more about hypnotherapy and how it can support you in the workplace, I actually do have a boundaries meditation hypnosis that I have linked in um, linked down below if you'd like to tap in with that um, it's a about a 40 minute hypnosis session where and it's pre-recorded where basically I'm using lo-fi beats and nature sounds and I'm also doing a hypnosis and having a conversation with your subconscious mind around setting healthier boundaries in all aspects of your life. And um, this is something that you could listen to repeatedly to start the process of retraining your subconscious mind. And so um, that's something that is linked below if you're curious about it. And as we wrap up, I also want to just offer a gift to folks If you're curious about how grind culture is showing up in your life currently, I do have a free grind culture assessment that you can take to really see how grind culture is impacting your daily habits along with your relationship with your body. 
So um, this is the this is the gateway understanding how we're treating our bodies, our minds, and our spirits within this system of grind culture, and it's the first step towards transformation. If you're really curious about this work and about embarking on a deeper level with the grind culture detox process, you can purchase my book, which is now available for pre-sale wherever books are sold. I'll leave a link in the bio for that. And if you are a manager or an owner of a company or organization and you're seeking to ramp up workplace wellness and really offer your employees other wellness options within the workplace, don't worry, I got you. I am offering professional development workshops and retreats related to that. And so if you're interested in that, you can check out my email address below and uh, let's talk and let's collaborate on workplace wellness in your workplace. Thank you so much for thriving with me. Remember that this journey is about progress and not perfection. Just the fact that you're listening to this podcast right now, that lets me know that you understand that another way is not only possible, but is on the way. And that you're curious and concerned about transformation and more so work-life liberation. It's been an honor to serve you today. And until next time, y'all, peace.